Welcome to the latest episode of the Progress with Unity podcast. We've got our full house this evening. Charlie, myself, Adam, Paul, Pete, I'm making a welcome return. We've got Dan. How are you doing, Dan? I'm okay, thank you, Barry. It's good to be back. I've been contacted by a Manchester City fan, Owen Roderick, who is writing his third book on Manchester City's history, and he's looking at the cup finals in recent years. He's wondering if there's any Wigan Athletic supporters who'd like to get involved in this, giving him our perspective of the 2013 Cup Final. A series of questions he'll be asking, nothing too taxing. You will feature in the book, you will get accreditation, and obviously you can relive that day when we beat Manchester City. If you're interested, in, get him on Twitter, Owen Roderick one That's O-W-A-I-N-R-O-D-E-R-I-C-K-1. And we'll put that in a link on this podcast so that you can get in touch with him. West Bromwich Albion. We went there hoping for a win, desperate for at least a point, and we came back with neither. 55% possession to West Brom, 45 to the Latics. They had 17 attempts on goals. Wigan Athletic had 10. On target, West Brom 4, the Latics 3. Corners, we edged that 2-1. to one. Fouls, we edged that one as well, 9-6. to six. And cards, we edged that one as well, two to none. Breckick and McGuinness picking up a yellow apiece by the referee, Rebecca Welch. Who, I'll be honest with you, I thought she had a decent game, better than some of the rubbish that we've had this past few weeks. Attenders, 21,552. Jack Watmore got injured in the warm-up. It appears it, if it can go wrong at the moment, it is doing. First half, I thought we were shocking. No, absolutely you know. abysmal. Fully agree with you there. As Pete was saying, one to forget, I think. Absolutely abysmal first half, wasn't it? Similar to the previous match where no energy, no desire to get forward, no ability to get forward, no likelihood of us hurting them as as an opposing team. I mean, the whole half from both teams' points of view, I think, utterly dull. Nothing really happened from uh, either side's point of view. They just managed to get a... What looked like to be a half-decent attack, nothing special. Have a shot, and Ben Amos somehow contrives to palm it onto the top of his bar instead of over the bar, and it rebounds out for a very simple tap. So do you Um, think Amos is at fault for this? Yeah, I think a competent goalkeeper should have dealt with that. I thought he was a bit unlucky. He got a massive hand on it, and it just so happened to come down in the one spot where it would bounce off the crossbar. I think there was an element of bad luck about it. If you're looking at it kindly, maybe, but but on the other hand, you've you've got to deal with these things. It was, I I think, the only really significant thing he had to do, and I think it's a mistake. He might be unlucky, but it's a mistake, and we're we're falling foul of individual mistakes week after week again at the moment. We had it up Preston, we had it uh, at home on Saturday, and we we'll had we had it again on Tuesday night. And I, I thought to begin, with, Maloney had seemed to have uh, helped his players to eradicate those mistakes, and now it's looking like they're creeping back in, and they're costing us every match. One of the problems on on Tuesday for me was the fact that we lost Jack Watmore before kickoff. We were left with two recognised centre halves in a back three, and both of those are under twenty years of age. So lack of experience with a, a right back playing left side, it's not ideal. I mean, I don't know why Bennett or Pierce 
wasn't starting at the riff with, with, with that three. I thought Rekic was very poor in the first half, and I thought he was quite fortunate not to get sent off. He got a booking, could have quite easily have picked another up on a couple of occasions. But second half, I thought he came to a lot and, and played quite well. Yeah, in the first half, I noticed that Rekic was utterly bossed by the goal scorer. He was literally bullied and wrestled all over the place. Yeah, but as you said, it was much better in the second half. Quick point on the selection before kickoff. Pierce wasn't even on the bench. And I guess we were thinking, is he injured? Clearly he wasn't injured because he got promoted. And then Sean Maloney said it was tactical. I hope it's tactical not to have Tom Pierce on the bench. I mean, I've been saying all season that if he's fit, in a back five in particular, he is a great asset going forward. He's a great crosser of the ball. A number of goals have come from his crossing in the last few weeks. I just don't get it. Maybe there's some sort of personality clash. I don't know if anything was asked about that last night, Barry, about Pierce. No. Just go back to that goal. I know Dan's mentioned there about it being unfortunate. Pete mentioned about the fact that Amos was found wanting. I think it was a bit of both. Dyke scored it. Conceding some crazy goals at the moment. We're shooting ourselves in the foot. The, the goal away at Preston, the second goal, for, you know, summed us up. And this, again, this one summed us up. When you're so far down the table, no luck seems to go your way. Like, we tried to plug the defensive issues that we had. We brought in Rakik and Kelly. They both got injured in the first game. There's goals now that we're conceding that you're, never, you're not going to concede when you're kind of riding your luck and you're, you're doing all right. So it really does. When it rains, it pours. I do think that Ben Amos tried his best, but at the same time, you know, it wasn't great from him but what, what more could he have done should he have hit it out for a corner didn't really look like he could, could hold on to it I was I was looking actually at, at the stats we didn't have a shot at the West Brom box all in the first half and it took until the 70th minute so when we do go behind so early on that's when I want to see us pushing forward and progressing and going forward and we, don't, we just don't seem to have that and it is that final third and the creative ideas going forward that we're just really lacking I think in that first half Will Keane somebody took right on the stroke of half time with his efforts he didn't even trouble the corner flag but Maloney not afraid to make substitutions, makes the two substitutions at half time, changes his round a little bit. And I thought we looked a lot better, a lot better in the second half, especially we, late on. Yeah, we did. It was only then, as Charlie said, that we started, um, we, I think we had two, maybe three attempts towards the end of the match. But don't forget, West Brom had those chances as well, which they should have scored from and didn't. I think probably from their point of view, their fans are probably thinking, how did we only beat Wigan 1-0? Because we were so poor up until that time. Uh, they should have been well ahead. They should have made more of their chances. Yeah, I know what, I mean, Sean Maloney was, was trying to put a positive gloss on it. And I think he he has to, to try and keep the players' morale up and try, try and boost the confidence. But I think we're clutching at straws to be looking at those last 20 minutes or whatever as, as, as some kind of opportunity that got away from us. I don't think we were ever really in that game. I yeah. won't mean it like that. I just thought we'd give it a go. I mean, that, that cross of Fletcher is what ended up on McGuinness's head. I thought it was a, a, a nice little move, that. And it, mm. again, getting that ball in early and, and getting somebody in the box. I don't think it's a game we need to dwell on. I think we can just consign it to the back of our minds. Forget yeah. about it because we've got to move on. Maloney said last night, all he's thinking about now is Burnley away, nothing else, and, and, and that's fair enough. Man of the Match was voted for by our listeners on both Facebook and Twitter. Latics number 24, Omar Rekic. Now, I, I still thought he was quite poor in the first half. Second half, I thought he was quite good. But does that make you Man of the Match? Adam's shaking his head. Who would you have gone for, Adam? Josh McGuinness, for me. I think he did more in whatever 20, 25 minutes in the attacking area than anybody else had done in the game and he's uh, interestingly his two best games have been against West Brom let's go back to basics let's get McGuinness Fletcher Keane and start launching it into that box let's get 
Hughes and Pierce as our quarterbacks, bombing that ball in the box, and no one's going to be able to handle us. We could even get Kevin Davis out of retirement. He's a free agent. Last night, Maloney said, forget about stylish football. We just want to win games. Well, that might be the way forward for the rest of this season. He's sticking a point from somewhere that will start to give you a bit of confidence, and that's what we desperately, desperately need. I've mentioned the fans forum a couple of times, and, and I went last night. For the position we're in at the moment, it was, it was well attended. It wasn't a packed one, but it was the usual stuff. There was nothing ground-shattering. Good summary from Adam Conroy, the supporters' club. Basically tells you everything you need to know what was said. They talked about the finances. They mentioned the season tickets and the pricing. Something else that was mentioned as well last night, which I think is, is sort of general knowledge. We're actually working within EFL parameters due to us being in administration, freshly out of administration. We have to work within a framework. I think that comes to a conclusion this June. So at the end of this season, they might be able to invest a little bit more money into the into the playing squad. If they want to do or not, is a different matter. Massive game on Saturday. We're away to Burnley. Premier League bound, don't they? They're going to win the championship. Best side I've seen by a million miles. In the build-up to the game, I've had a chat with... It was good to chat with Joe from the Tough Cast podcast. He was so full of happiness and joy that his football club are doing really well. They might have been in the Premier League for, for a number of years, but they've been down at the bottom. So we know what it's like when you're struggling season after season and then you have a good season. I think that comes out in, in his interviews. Let's have a listen to Joe. So we've got a really tough game on Saturday, heading over to Tough Moor to face top of the table, already promoted Burnley. I'm pleased to say we've got Joe joining us today to give us a brief preview of what we can expect up on the Moors. How are you doing, Joe? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Football aside, I'm all right. <laughs> you came to the DW Stadium and we was unbeaten at the time. I remember being a little bit fearful of Teller because I knew he was a good player and you came and you absolutely tore us apart. I said after that I've seen the best team in the championship and I've seen the best player in Nathan Teller you tell me was I wrong I don't think so. I think we're easily the best team in the championship. There's probably some debate of whether Teller's the best player, even if he's the best player in our side. But he played really well that day, did Teller. It's weird because you were saying like you were unbeaten at that point and until we went there. We'd already lost a match. We'd lost against Watford. We hadn't really clicked. Like We were drawing a lot of games at home. I think we'd drawn against Hull, drawn against Stoke, drawn against Luton. Some of them might have been after your game, actually, but all around that time, we're having like a, a slow start, but not too bad. Like one defeat and like three or four draws. And Burnley fans, in the lead up to that game just kept talking about like we think that it's going to click at some point like it's going to click you can see it you can see the like patterns of play that companies trying to do you can see the players that are trying to get on the ball a bit more we're trying to have possession trying to get like high xg if that's something you're bothered about but essentially just trying to be on the ball a lot and make things tick control the game and it just weren't clicking it just just like I said, there were just patches, but that Wigan game with the game that we all came with, like, right, that's click day. We've clicked here now. And a lot of fans were saying, right, yeah, if we play like that every week, we will win this league. And thankfully, we went for a period after the World Cup where we just battered everybody. We won 10 games in a row prior to the Blackpool game. We'd drawn two and won 12 in our last like 16 games, 15 games, whatever it was. But yeah, in really good form at the minute. I say in really good form at the minute. Uh, struggling, not struggling to score goals, really. It sounds weird saying that because we all are leading goals scorers in the country but didn't score against Blackpool only managed the one very late on against the League One Fleetwood side and we have had a couple of injuries as well at the minute so who knows it could be a good time to play us well he's 17 points clear of third place club <laughs> yeah, with yeah. Uh, 11 games left to go well 
it be a good time to play? I mean, usually around this stage, teams for second and third, they tend to have a bit of a wobble, don't they? You know, because the pressure's telling and that. But I yeah. can't see you being under any pressure. And you mentioned couldn't score against Blackpool last weekend. Oh, you didn't score against I thought the goalkeeper was magnificent for, for them. So don't come that game with me. <laughs> don't come that game at all. Vincent Company, yeah. how impressed are you with him? Over the moon. Absolutely brilliant. It was a weird one because when he came in, he'd done an okay job at Anderlecht, but without really pulling up any trees. And I remember speaking to some Belgian journalists and they were saying like, oh, we're not too sure if he'll be suited to the English game like in, in uh, as a manager. But he has done an all right job at Anderlecht because they had apparently had quite a lot of financial issues and he kind of like steadied the ship, but without then kicking on. And I think that's where Anderlecht hierarchy and fans got a bit frustrated because he steadied the ship, stopped a bit of a rot and then didn't kick on, whereas they wanted him to then kick on. So yeah, I was delighted when we brought him in because I thought, big name, hopefully he'll have a certain style of playing. If you look at Anderlecht, he has a certain style. But yeah, he's carried it on. And obviously, like you said, we're 17 points clear of third, 10 points clear of second. When we beat Preston about six weeks ago, we'd won 10 games in a row. And a lot of them were like 3 4 nil. We'd been fantastic. There was question marks at the start, like I said, from very you know quiet corners. Some fans saying, oh, is it just going to be all that tippy-tappy with you know all fart, no smell sort of thing? But eventually we, 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 we did start, it did start clicking, like I said, mainly thanks to the Wigan game. Uh, we kicked on from there. There were some defensive issues. Obviously, we have lost a game 5-2 this season. A lot of people forget that. We, we got battered at Bramall Lane. We were 2-1 up uh, and then just capitulated. Then there were some question marks then over the, the defence, over the goalkeeper. But they, again, seem to have been sort of like answered. You know, we, we don't tend to concede too many goals. Only conceded 28 this season, which I believe is the best defence in the Championship. So, yeah, obviously those have been answered. But yeah, the style of football as well. It's not It's not just the fact that we're 17 points clear. Obviously, that helps. But it's the style of football as well. It's brilliant to watch. I will not criticise Sean Dash in his style of play because when we were winning games, I didn't care. But the last 18 months of his reign did become very, very... Like, like a chore going on the turf. It's like, I'd, I'd sometimes see the fact that we'd be at home on a Wednesday night and I'm like, oh, do I really want to go on? I'd always end up going on. But I'd sit there debating with myself like whether I can be bothered. I don't get that with his team. I don't get that. I just look forward to the matches every single time. I look forward to seeing how we're going to play. I look forward to seeing how Teller's going to be used, Rory's going to be used, or Benson when he comes back. We've got central defenders that can take players on and, and beat the press that way if we can't beat the press by passing it around you. So yeah, very, very impressed with company. I know Rangers fans probably said this about Gerard and it hasn't worked out like that, but I genuinely believe he'll go on to manage Man City one day. I, I do think he's that good. He's been, I've been so impressed with him. We'll find out a lot more about him and how good he is next season in the Prem because I agree with you, you know, 17 points clear is, is going to happen. It's just a when, not if. And then if he does well at City, which if he gets that opportunity, I think he will. He could even go on to be the Belgian manager one day. So I think the world's his oyster at the minute uh, in terms of his managerial career. I think he can, I can, think he can win major honours and manage some massive, massive teams and countries. Mm. I mentioned a few players there and I asked you about Teller and you said well is he even the best player at Burnley so if you're voting tomorrow for your player of the season would you cash your yeah, vote oh, I don't know it's so we've had this debate on our podcast a few times and it's so it changes every week like genuinely it changes every week I remember earlier in the season I was thinking it could be Ian Matson. he's played very very well he's injured so you'll be glad to know so he probably won't play against you and then there's Zorora who started the season slowly but then really came into his own just before the World Cup scored a brilliant goal at Sunderland 
He's so tricky. Like Teller is just pure pace. Like, and he's got a fantastic touch. Whereas Rory is not quite fast and his touch isn't as good as Teller's, but he's he's just a bag of tricks and he'll do 50 step overs and then take you on. He had Alan Brown against Preston on absolute toast. But there's some games again where Zorori will go missing and he won't beat a man and things like that. But Teller, yeah, Teller offers us something different because he can stretch the play with his pace. And he's not, he's not exactly bad on, on the ball. Great example is the goal we scored against West Brom down at West Brom earlier in the season. Is the ball came from over the top from Jorich, our goalkeeper. At first, I would just sort of like, look like, well, where's that going? And then out of nowhere, Teller comes along, like beats the past the defense, brings it down one touch while running at full speed, just brings it down, and then their goalkeeper comes out, clatters him, and it's a pen. So he offers us something different. And when he goes through on goal as well, like I would literally put my house on Teller scoring. I, I remember once he went through on goal, I caught him root against, and I said to my dad, because I'm going with my dad, I'm like, this is in, this is in. And he just puts his foot through it in the bottom corner every single time. He's fantastic. But then you've got Bayer at the back, who is brilliant. I really like Bayer. And I think, I don't know, then you've got Benson, but he, Benson's been injured for a while, so it's so difficult. I think after recent performances, because Teller played okay against Blackpool, but his end product wasn't there. Bayer's probably been the most consistent. So right now, probably the typical sort of like, I used to be a central defender back in my day. Obviously, at no decent level at any point whatsoever. No, no, no better than Sunday League or school team. But I can appreciate how good Bayer is. He wins pretty much every header. He wins tackles. He comes out of the defence with the ball, taking strikers on. And everyone's just thinking, well, what's he doing? And then he just eases past two or three strikers. And then you've beat that original press. And then, and then that can help us so much much and then that's when he goes into the second phase where your likes of Teller and stuff can pick it up and, and do the damage that way but right now I'd say Bayer but if Teller scores an hat-trick on Saturday for example obviously fingers crossed for yourself he doesn't probably go back to Teller because it has been Teller at some stages this season but some stages it's been Zorori so probably after the Sheffield United defeat I was probably thinking more Benson because he would class that day so yeah there's, there's a few to be fair and the, the, the player awards is going to be interesting put it that way Typical of a team that's 10 points clear at the top and 17 <laughs> points certain of getting promoted it's a typical player yeah. of the season because yeah. you must have played well all season. Joe, looking ahead to Saturday then, give us your honest appraisal of what's going to happen on Saturday and a score, please. Yeah, well, obviously we're playing very, very well. We're top of the league. Wigan have admittedly been a little bit more solid recently, but you are bottom of the league. I am a little bit gutted we're not playing you in as, as manager because I genuinely think we could have we could have increased on the scoreline from earlier in the season at the DW. But I think it'll be a little bit tougher than that. I think you've, like I said, you're a little bit more solid now. You're not as easy to beat. There's only two defeats in your last five I think we'll have enough I'm going to go probably 2-0 I think I think you might frustrate us for a bit I, th- I think you you could take a lot of confidence from our last couple of results the way that Blackpool played I think your manager and your players should be sitting down now to, to, to look at the way that Blackpool set up against us look at the way that Fleet would set up against us because Mick McCarthy obviously the Blackpool manager he did say in the pre-match press conference before our match I, I saw the way that Fleet would play and I'm going to do something similar I was very shocked that Blackpool actually did play like that at home I, I thought I, ch- I thought you're at home you've got to try and take the game to your opponents at some point but I guess if you do take the game to us we will just pick you off and obviously Blackpool got the result that they wanted a nil-nil so yeah I, th- I, th- I think you can take some hearts from the Blackpool game but Huddersfield tried to do that recently as well and we, we picked them off 4-0 they didn't stink the place out as much as Blackpool did let's be honest Blackpool were literally just 11 men behind the ball and it's not a criticism I'm just it's just an observation of, of the actual match uh, they got the result they wanted so fair play to them but Huddersfield were defensive but then tried to play and when they tried to play that's when we just said right we'll have that we'll score a goal so yeah I, I do think we'll have enough but I think it might be tight for like the first 45 minutes first 50 minutes first 60 minutes depends how you play and how, how you set up really See, but you're shaking your head I, I, 
honestly, I, the Blackpool fan that I had on on my show last week, he was like, I'm just not looking forward to this at all. You're going to absolutely batter us. It could be six or seven. That like, No Blackpool fan was confident and obviously they got the results. So we're not as free-flowing as we were five, six games ago, but I do still think we'll have enough, if I'm being honest. Joe, where can our listeners grab a hold of your match preview? It will be on the Turfcast podcast YouTube channel, probably by the time you're listening to this, everybody. Or if you want to listen to the podcast rather than the actual show on YouTube, then you can just search it on all your usual podcast providers. Just search Turfcast podcast and you'll find it there. Turfcast podcast. By your Twitter. Yeah. That's a good way to go, yeah. isn't it? Right, cheers, Joe. All the best next season in the Premier League. It's been a pleasure watching Burnley this season. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Appreciate it. It does feel a bit frustrating to listen to a football fan so happy with the club, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> I've just spoke to another Burnley fan before and every single person associated with that club is, is absolutely loving what Vincent Company has done with them. But I think the biggest turning point for me, I was always a bit worried about Burnley as much as I can be worried about them when they got rid of Sean Dyche because I felt that they were always a bit of a, they were always a bit of a bogey team, quite resolute defending, quite hard to beat. And then Vincent Company was going to come in and I thought, is he going to still be quite a defensive coach or is he going to switch it up? He does seem to have switched it up completely into making them a far more attacking team. And I think now they've got the best defence at home, away, obviously overall. They haven't lost a game at home all season, so they are a brilliant side. And then there's obviously the saying that good players don't always make good managers, which we fully know about. It's obviously working very well with Vincent Company. But just to run through a lot of the stats for Burnley, obviously they sit first in the Skybet Championship with 77 points. We've got 32 in comparison. The Managed by Vincent Company since June 14, 2022. And so far this season, in 35 matches, they've won 22, drawn 11, and lost two. Overall, they've scored 68 goals, conceded 28. It's obviously a goal difference of plus 40, and they've kept 15 clean sheets, which I think is the most in the league. Obviously, we're going to Turf Moor. They came to us earlier in the season, and they beat us 5-1. And at Turf Moor this season, they've played 18, won 13, drawn 5, and they haven't lost yet. They've scored 40, conceded 13, and they've kept eight clean sheets. So overall, they've picked up 44 of. 77 points up at home halfway through the season they lost 5-2 to Sheffield United which was a bit of a surprise and since then they went on a 10 game winning streak they've got a lot of really good players in that side I think the number one player that I'm going to bring up who I think is the best player that we've seen at the DW all season is Nathan Teller 23 year old English right winger 37 games 14 goals and 3 assists I think he is phenomenal and he's on loan from Southampton but there's no way that he's not going to want to go to Burnley and try and stay with them when they go into the Premier League especially if Southampton end up going down into the Championship second up I've got Benson Manuel Hedilati a 25 year old right winger I think he's Belgian played 29 games 10 goals and 4 assists he's one of 3 players who've actually got 10 goals as well along with Anna Zarori, who is a left winger, 22, a Moroccan. He's played 29 games, got 10 goals and four assists. So, you know, they've got goals coming from everywhere. Even players who may have only got two goals this season, like Johan berg Gudmundsson, he's got seven assists. So if they're not scoring, they're assisting. So they're a very, very impressive team this year. It's nice to see teams really good size. I enjoyed watching them when they, we played them. I thought, for me, them and Middlesbrough have really impressed. Let's hope they have a stinker on Saturday and get something out of the game. The ref watch... So the referee for the Lattics visit to Turf Moor will be John Busby from Oxford. He's been on the national list since 2016 and he's worked as an EFL assistant referee for eight years before that. He's refereed us twice, both times at the DW. Bristol City won one earlier this season where he booked Joe Bennett for a kick out on the touchline and a 3-0 win over Southend in 2017 when he red-carded a Southend player for a two-footed lunge. His card watch so far this season, John Busby has taken charge of 24 games. 16 of those have been in the Championship. He's issued 84 yellows, two reds, and he has awarded 
three penalties, and that is your referee for the visit to Turf Moor on Saturday, John Busby. Thanks, Paul. Over to the previous. We've met Burnley 24 times, 12 wins, 8 draws, and just the four defeats. The first meeting was in the League Division 3 back in October 83. It was a 3-0 defeat away at Turf Moor, but we won the return fixture 1-0. And it would be 21 years and 18 games before the Clarets would beat us again. But let's not get too exciting in the way we have done about Vincent Company, because we haven't actually beaten Burnley since their Premier League days. We did the double over them in the 2009-10 season, 3-1 away and 1-0 at home. Uh, I seem to recall that was a last-minute goal as well. Maybe Roddy Yeager or Moses. I think they were both involved. Three games have been goalless draws. Two defeats, which obviously includes our 1-5 drubbing earlier this season. My biggest memory from Turf Moor is not actually a win. It's a nil-nil, and it was when Ian Wright made his debut. And it was the first time in Ian Wright's history that he hadn't scored on his debut Roy Carroll had a blinder that day. So from all Carroll to Barry with the predictions. Up to Turf Moor, really, really tough game. It's a free hit. Most people, uh, it's the banker on the coupon, a 3 0 home win. But he went to Blackpool last week and thought they were going to spank them like they did Huddersfield the week before. They beat Huddersfield 4 0. So the last three league games Burnley have played have, have been against the teams in the bottom three. 4 uh, 0 against Huddersfield. Drew nil apiece with Blackpool. He is open for a nil-nil on Saturday. Looking at Burnley's recent results, there's been quite a few draws in there. So maybe there's an outside chance that we might eke one out. If we can either be resolute in defence, which we are a little bit better at now, or we can find the ability to actually put the ball in the net, we could be in for an exciting game, but... Probably more likely is 3-0 to Burnley. As a result, I'm going to go for 1-0 to Wigan. We've got to get something from somewhere that just ignites a spark of confidence. I mean, let's face it, we're going to go up there, try and shut up shop, try and get 0-0 and try and have a go in the last 10 minutes or be like we were against West Brom, still in the game and have a go for the last 10 minutes. I'm going to go with 1-0. Latics just purely to get that spike going and get us off on the run. I do think that, like Adam said, we need to throw everything at it, though. Maybe start Tom Pearce out on the left. Start swinging them balls in. Maybe Josh McGuinness up top. Ashley Fletcher up top. Just try and get them try and get them shooting. But, you know, the last two games, they beat Huddersfield 4-0 and then they drew 0-0 with Blackpool. So we're the third team in a row that they're going to be playing in the bottom three. I'm going to say 3-2 to Wigan. I agree with Paul. We do need to get a, a spark from somewhere a result that just changes things around for us unfortunately i don't see it coming on saturday on recent evidence i think it's much more likely that somebody's going to make a mistake probably sometime in the first half when we've not really attacked and we're going to put them at burnley on top perhaps without even having done much and from there we try and attack and find out that we can't and the second <laughs> half that we just could get completely turned over so i'm going for a very pessimistic 4-0 to burnley Thanks for that, Pete. You both mentioned Spark and we need it because we can't start a fire without a spark. Uh, will we be dancing in the dark on uh, Saturday? My friend who's the stadium announcer, uh, Dominic, keeps saying the goal scorer for Burnley. He's absolutely sick of that. Most pundits have said this is the best championship side ever, Burnley. So therefore, as a result of that, I can see us winning 3 now. Fixtures on Saturday that affect us. Bristol City play Blackpool, Birmingham and Rotherham, Preston v Cardiff City, QPR v Watford, Reading Millwall, 
and West Brom v Huddersfield. We'll be back on Sunday with all the reaction to the Burnley game and we'll be looking ahead to Coventry City on Tuesday. So until then, it's a goodbye from me and up the six. Come on. Up the six. Come on.